0: Greetings of peace and much welcome. We at St. Paul's are so glad you're here to welcome and open yourself up to all God's people. It's Pride Sunday. If you haven't gotten a chance to view our special Pride Sunday online service, look at the description for the YouTube URL. And you can always find us at youtube.com ST for Saint, St. Paul's Burlingame. In this episode, we continue to reach beyond our church walls just as Jesus does. Listen to a shared sermon connecting the ideas that unify the gay community through Gilbert Baker's pride flag. Reflect on your own practice of welcome and welcoming others. Pray for peace in your heart and in the hearts of all in our society as the congregation leads us in singing peace before us. And finally, Give and receive this blessing as we are reminded of God's dream for the world. We invite you to settle in, be here, take pride in this moment. So we wanted to share a little bit of um, this gay quote unquote culture, what we take pride in with you today. We wanted to reflect a little bit about the gay pride flag. So Gilbert Baker was an artist um, in 1978 who constructed or made a flag that included eight colors. When they started creating this, um, they ran out of pink. Uh, fabric, so we dropped the turquoise and now you see the six-colored flag as, uh, as the official pride flag. It was adopted in 1979 uh, after the death of LGBT activist Harvey Milk. So I've invited a few people who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and anything beyond, plus to share a bit of their wisdom from their own life experience with us. Let us now pray with the colors of the pride flag.
1: Red is the top color in the rainbow flag. That is most appropriate because red in the rainbow flag represents life. As Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The creator of the rainbow flag, Gilbert Baker, said the flag is an action. It's more than just the cloth and the stripes. When a person puts the rainbow flag on his car or his house, they're not just flying a flag, they're taking action.
2: Normally during June, we celebrate Pride Month, culminating in the Pride Parade in San Francisco on the last Sunday of the month. This year, since we cannot be there in person, we are reflecting on the colors of the rainbow flag. Orange is said to be for healing, and I've been reflecting on this in the context of today's gospel about welcome. This past week, Mike Smith, who is the co-founder of the AIDS quilt, also known as the Names Project, was commenting on making masks for people. And he said in so many words, you know, this is not my first pandemic. And it made me think, what does healing mean? And what does welcome mean in a time of pandemic? What did it mean in the time of AIDS when people died excluded and alone, with families unable or unwilling to see them? What does it mean in a time of COVID, when again a plague hits the most vulnerable and often people die alone? What does it mean in the time of our anguish over the way immigrants and black people and others are treated, especially the way they are treated by our law enforcement agencies. None of us is immune. We have all been guilty of marginalizing others. The LGBT community has not been immune to racism. Communities of color have not been immune from marginalizing their queer sons and daughters. And people in every sort of cultural and political bubble fail to see others or listen to them. It is the work of each of us to acknowledge that, to try to overcome it, perhaps to make up for it, at least partially. If that seems daunting, here is some good news. Even Jesus occasionally fell short at welcome, and it fell to a Canaanite or Palestinian woman to school him. A few chapters after today's gospel reading in Matthew 15, a Canaanite woman comes to Jesus and asks for healing for her daughter but Jesus and his disciples do not welcome her. Quoting, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word so His disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed in that moment. So even Jesus had to learn that welcome means healing for everyone. And if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me.
1: The yellow stripe in the rainbow flag represents sunlight. It is said that sunlight is the best disinfectant. The yellow in the rainbow flag reminds us to come out into the sunlight and to be seen as an LGBTQ person, but perhaps even more important, a supporter of LGBTQ people. Being seen and seeing yourself as your authentic self is critical for growth, just as a plant cannot thrive without sunlight. Now, coming out is fraught with all manner of anxiety I honor all who have faced down that anxiety and pray that those who are frozen in fear might find the courage to come out into the sunlight and to be seen as an authentic child of God. As Jesus says in our Gospel today, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me.
0: Green symbolizes nature. Just in this time right after Pentecost, the time that is ordered or ordinary, or as Julie says, green for growing, just as this time is about God's creation, there's one message for people who identify as LGBTQIA+, that is ours and everyone else's, that we are all made in the image and likeness of God. That is our nature. Every single human being, every single living thing. So in our common home, we've got trees and seas and mountains and rain and clouds, all part of God's common home with us, all part of God's glorious creation, all made in the image and likeness of God and that is our nature.
3: A lot of you have known me since I was very small and have probably picked up on the fact that I am not a very serene person most of the time. I am a lifelong nail biter, in college I picked up the nickname Eeyore thanks to my unsurpassed pessimism, and I have a chronic anxiety disorder. So, serenity. Kind of a weird concept for me. About a year and a half ago, during the fall of 2018, my anxiety reached its peak. I was having a panic attack a day, I couldn't speak without sobbing, my friends took turns babysitting me, and there are substantial chunks of time that I still can't remember. Some people would call this a breakdown, which is fair, but I'm more inclined to call it an excavation project. Prior to that point, I had put a lot of energy into shoving things down and convincing myself that I was fine. But when you find yourself lying on the ground of a parking lot mid panic attack, all alone in the middle of the night and about five miles away from where you live, shoving shit down isn't really an option anymore. Do you guys have a junk drawer at your house? Maybe it isn't even a drawer, maybe it's a closet or a garage. Somewhere where you put everything that you don't want to see. Rubber bands, anything from the IRS, or how about that jacket that doesn't quite fit you anymore, but it'll definitely fit once you lose those 30 pounds and you're gonna wear it like all the time. Maybe some of you have a junk drawer in your mind too, where you put all of those thoughts that you just can't deal with. Wow, I was a really horrible friend the other day. I should apologize in the drawer. I don't feel happy in my relationship. Should I talk to my spouse? In the drawer, oh my god, I wish I saved more money when I was younger. How am I going to retire? In the drawer. I feel guilty, drawer. Angry, drawer. Resentful, in the drawer. I feel hurt, drawer. Isolated, scared, sad, anxious, in the drawer. This isn't new information. Y'all are adults, you know this. Things that you put in the drawer don't tend to stay there. So, for me, in 2018, everything came flying open. 20 years of trash that I had refused to look at or do anything about came out of nowhere and just kind of ripped me apart. So I had to excavate, sift, sort, let go, start some repairs. Only in recognizing and sitting with the problem was I able to start getting better start moving towards something that might slightly resemble serenity. Getting to that lofty goal of deep peace and abounding joy or whatever is messy work that requires gentleness and honesty, and that is terrifying. We are living at a unique time in American history where our drawer is wide open. We can see everything that we have spent centuries shoving down. A failure in our healthcare system where 3.5 million workers lost their employer-provided health insurance because of COVID-19 layoffs. A failure in addressing mental health care. In 2019, 30% of transgender and non-binary youth attempted suicide, and that number is estimated to climb even higher this year. A culture of violence and racism. Black people are being incarcerated at five times the rate of whites in the U.S. Black girls, minors, children are six times as likely to be arrested at school than white girls in the state of California. Why are so many of us perfectly comfortable doing nothing to change these things? Why have we spent so long shoving thing after thing deeper and deeper into that drawer? But as I said, our drawer is wide open. We are having a bit of a breakdown. We are hurting. And that is okay. We must let go of the idea that if we just ignore pain, our pain for long enough, it will magically disappear. If we want to get to serenity, if we want to breathe, if we want to recover and form anew, It is not enough to look at our mess and admit that it's there. We have to do some sifting, some reorganizing, some healing, some excavation. Look at our mess here at St. Paul's. What have we been willing to brush off with a prayer or two? What are the things that we avoid talking about as a congregation? What have we been ignoring? Who have we been ignoring? What have we been willing to set aside or overlook? Look at it. What would it look like if we took some of those things that we've shoved down, way, way down and did a little excavation, did a few repairs? Maybe we could get a little closer to something that might just slightly resemble serenity.
4: As a gay person who's part of the Episcopal Church and who didn't grow up in the Episcopal Church, I'm really grateful for the inclusive spirit uh, that pervades our congregation, our whole denomination. And today I wanted to talk about uh, one person who helped make the Episcopal Church a more inclusive place, and that's Paulie Murray. Uh, Polly Murray was actually uh, ordained an Episcopal priest the year I was born in 1977. She was one of the first women ordained in the Episcopal church and was the first African American woman ordained uh, into the church. And that's the first thing I ever learned about Polly Murray. And when I learned more about her life, I realized that that was actually one of the least interesting things that she accomplished in her remarkable life. She was uh, born in Baltimore, but grew up in North Carolina and uh, worked her way through Hunter College, uh, Howard University Law School, where she was the only woman and graduated top in her class in the 1940s. She was an early civil rights activist. She got arrested protesting bus segregation 10 years before Rosa Parks uh, launched her famous boycott. And she was a foundational thinker for the civil rights movement and then later, even more importantly, for gender equality. She is a woman who defied all convention. I consider her a prophet, um, and I encourage you to all learn more about her life. Um, And for me, she definitely embodies uh, the spirit of pride and the spirit of our really beautiful church. Um, She's someone who certainly used her gifts to make a difference for others, even as she lived in a world that often didn't want her to use her gifts to make a difference for others. So I'm grateful for the life of Polly Murray. Thank you.
0: Gilbert Baker's flag is the most unifying for the entire gay community. So when we see the six colors on that one single flag, we know that our helds can be held up high. And within our community, like any big family, there are lots of little other unique identities. And the one other flag that I particularly resonate with right now, especially, is Daniel Cousars. So his flag includes the transgender symbol as well in the white and blue and pink stripes and black and brown for the marginalized communities within the LGBT community. So those arrows are pushing the movement for full, more full human rights for everyone. So, gay or straight or everything in between, we all have work to do. We all have work to do to include all these expressions of God's identity, God amidst our community. Let us continue to welcome others, for when we welcome others, we welcome the one who sends them, bringing peace to us all. Happy Pride. So, particularly on pride sunday we wanted to continue to welcome every single one especially those who might have hopped onto our youtube channel and were kind of scoping us out or perhaps you've come before and maybe you wanted to come back or you've been away from your own church and someone shared this video with you we actually just want to offer a blessing and a reminder right? A reminder of what Jesus has said. Jesus has said in the Gospel of Matthew, come to me all of you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So at St. Paul's, we'd like to offer a blessing. Blessed be God who is compassionate and loves us. May we love and express compassion to one another. Blessed be God who strengthens our love and understanding for one another. May we be strengthened to love unapologetically in the spirit of Christ. Blessed be God who calls us here together May we rejoice together, being the beloved community God's dream demands. So for those of you who have been away, please receive this blessing from us to you. Please join me. Blessed are you, merciful God, you watch over our going, our coming in. Our beloved sister, brother, sibling, friend has returned to you in this community. We thank you for being our companion on the way, for bringing us together in this community, for sealing us in your cup of love. Guide us in our pilgrimage until we find our home with you that strengthened by your love, we may live in the bond of peace. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, amen. For more invitations to deepen your practice of faith in God, yourself, and others, visit us online at stpaulsberlingame.org or participate in Sunday worship with us. We're a pink church on the corner of El Camino Real in Bellevue, 415 El Camino Real in Burlingame, California to be exact. Thanks for going deeper with us. Blessings of peace to you.